0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raising Golfers Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back here and excited to have our guest, Neil Plummer, back on the podcast. He always shares so much wisdom and information for all of us out there. I think there's so many things to take away. It's always good to have a notepad and pen ready when Neil comes on the podcast. So get that ready before this episode because what we're going to talk about is reflecting over the last six months of our coaching, some things that we've learned, and some of the experiences that we've gone through and given ourselves a chance to kind of bounce back some ideas and share some good thoughts and good actionable tips for both coaches and parents listening on the podcast. So without further ado, let's bring Neil into the podcast. Neil Plimmer, welcome back to the Raising Golfers podcast. So excited to have you back, buddy. Thanks so much for joining.
1: It's been a long time. You've been busy, I've been busy, so it's nice to be able to find this time in our busy diaries to catch up and chat.
0: Yes, and you know, what better than having the fall slash winter come around where you and I can sit down, chat, have more lovely conversations. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to rewind a little bit back on the last six months But I'm excited for you to come back on and hopefully have you on again here soon.
1: Yeah. And just just a note there, I think to all listeners, the fall that you experience in California is very different to the fall that we experience here. (laughs) You know, we're we're at that turning of the seasons where it gets dark and cold and wet and horrible for the next six months. Whereas you don't, do you? (laughs) Just to bring some reality to this.
0: Yes, uh, you said our similarities are we, we lose an hour of daylight. But yes, weather-wise, uh, there's slight differences. and um, But that's okay. You guys will get the nice weather back here in a couple months. And everybody be out playing golf again soon and uh, enjoying the late summer days in the UK. So today what we're going to go through is, I, I think this is going to be a mix of an episode that's going to be helpful for coaches. And then also I think for parents or any adults really involved in the junior golfers process. And Neil and I are going to go through a couple of things of just experiences that we've gone through over the last six months, things that we've learned, maybe some ideas that we have going forward just to continue to make the experience best for junior golfers. And uh, I think it'll be really helpful before we do that, Neil, just if anybody is new to the podcast and hasn't, had the opportunity of listening to any of your previous episodes give us just a little breakdown of what your coaching business is and what you do so they kind of have a better idea of you know where you're at and and what you're up to
1: so my business is called jolf um jolf junior golf and we specialize in delivering experiences of golf for children in primary schools so primary schools are children of age 4 to 11 in the uk southeast england um and since lockdown, we've come back, we've been busy, we've um, we've celebrated our 10-year anniversary in September, so we've been doing this Ooh. a long time, um, and over that time, as I've reflected through a number of my podcasts, and I know we've chatted, the learning and the understanding, and for 10 years, you know, I've ded- dedicated, my time has been spent every morning getting up, thinking about golf, thinking about jolf, thinking about children, thinking about families, um, all encompassing. And so... There's a lot of things I don't know, but there's a lot of things that I feel I believe in and I understand and I appreciate to be true. And even if I do think that those things are true, it's also a case of trying to break them or strip them back so that we can find, most importantly, I think, the most meaningful experience for every child. And we talk about it being meaningful because what's meaningful for us isn't always meaningful for the child. Um, So Mm. just for the listeners, you know, I spend... Nearly 100% of my time with children that are starting to play the game for the first time, giving them a club, giving them a ball. Here's where you start, here's where you finish, have a go, let's see what you've got. And I think that perspective, I'm able then to see the full runway of from when they start, you know, to if they play again, which they may, they may not, they may become tour pros in the future, they may become average golfers, who knows? But being able to see from that first perspective, first touch experience has been really powerful over the last 18 months, two years where we, that's where we focused our attention.
0: How long did it take you to realize that, or maybe not realize, but understand that every child's experience is a little bit different because, you know, as, as coaches, you know, we create almost, I think generally speaking, we can create like a one dimensional experience, assuming that everybody's going to enjoy it. Uh, you know, what, what did you go through or what did, feedback did you get or what did you see with children to start realizing that their experiences might be different even within like a one hour setting of a, of, a, of a class or experience that you have?
1: It was when we started Jolf, myself and my colleague Jonathan Shipstone, we sat down with a piece of paper to write the program. and it was at that point we wanted to do we wanted it to be a program that, w- that would fit children. So the programme would fit the child, whereas our experiences before was the child always had to fit the programme. And if the programme didn't fit that child, then obviously it was a poor match. And that's where we came up with our sort of each child every time approach. So we wanted to deliver what what then we use the terms fun, engaging, appropriate to each child every time. And, mm-hmm. you know, that has driven all of our sessions, all of our experiences, all of our practice to deliver that fun, engaging, appropriate to each child every time. And we've extended that now to, you know, an, an experience that's theirs. It's their game on in their way, in their time, on their terms. So that each child every time is then sort of I'm just about to ramble on about this on my podcast in the next couple of days. But each child every time such so that it's then their game their experience their way on their terms and as i think as an adult that's really difficult sometimes to get your head around
0: Mm, i agree
1: i.e the child is living their best life their best self we want them to be their best self and sometimes and i've been guilty of this in the past you know the interactions, the time we spend with them probably isn't allowing them to be that because we have our own agenda and we impose our agenda or the sport of golf on the child.
0: And now let's hear a message from our show sponsor. Hey guys this last spring i teamed up with operation 36 here at our facility in carlsbad california and it has completely changed my way of coaching and service to my customers operation 36 is a developmental golf program designed to take beginners from playing their first round to being able to shoot par or better for nine holes so here's how it works participants attend weekly one-hour classes and work through a six-level curriculum they then play in nine-hole events once or twice a month with a common goal to shoot 36 or better from different distances And using the Operation 36 app, coaches can plan programs, communicate with families, and track students' progress. It's really, really cool. If you're a parent listening, search for a program near you on their website at operation36.golf forward slash juniors. And coaches, if you'd like to start a program at your facility, go to the same website, operation36.golf forward slash coaches. So what kinds of things, like let's just say in your play days, for example, what slight changes did you make to make the experience so that it could be potentially more positive for every child as opposed to you know creating the one-dimensional experience and saying okay this is how you hold the or i shouldn't ruin this but like maybe like this is how you hold the club this is how you swing or whatever give us some examples of you know those things like that you did that really kind of adapted to helping you know every child have their own positive experience
1: so we to all schools we send a guide to the play day so that the school can send that on to the teachers now whether the teachers read it or not i don't know but we send a guide so that the teacher has a fair idea of what to expect during the day and on that guide we say to them you will not see us or hear us telling children how to hold how to stand how to do things properly how to do things correctly because we want them to have that positive experience not positive meaningful experience that they find in their own way and we know and we have found over experience and time and review and reflection that by saying, here's the club, here's the ball, here's where you start, here's where you finish, we get the best from children mm. and or the children have the best experience that we can give them. Mm. Um, so it's, it's pre-setting the the adult's expectations. That doesn't mean we don't get adults come and help children to put their feet in the right place to stand and to do it correctly or properly. And there's sometimes a time and a place to have those conversations, which sometimes we may, sometimes we won't. But that was one of the one of the best things we did. So parents, uh, sorry, teachers come and they say, "Oh, I've read your guide. I know exactly what you're going to do." We then follow that up, and this is what I've, this is one of the things I've definitely learned through this year is that we have a very, if you like, strict high level of expectation of behaviour of playing from from both us as the adults and the children. Both doing this, playing safe, listening, playing safely, playing sensibly, play fairly. Non-negotiable. This is what we ex- this is what we will do for you. This is what we'll expect. So it's really strict as far as the behavior, because we need them to be safe. We want them to be safe, so they don't get hit. But then, how you do the activity is entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens, I think, is that the values and the behaviors and the the safety is not it's not um, explained in or upheld in high enough expectations and then there's a lot of structure around how you do the activity and that's where i think children start to disengage
0: Mm, i see okay so your emphasis is more on those things as opposed to the actual activity in the games itself but i think if they're if you guys all have the same expectation of that their behavior is this way this is what you're supposed to do play safe play sensibly what was the last one fairly Oh, play fairly, right? Yeah. Then you can kind of let them go, and under those guidelines, they can kind of create their own experience, right?
1: One hundred percent. Hundred. We we have found, and and when I say when I say we found, you know, through through our summer term, so from Easter to July, we put clubs in the hands of eleven and a half thousand children.
0: That's so, crazy. <laughs>
1: it's it's a reasonably sized pool, and it's a reasonable amount of experience. It's not like we've just done this with a hundred children, you know.
0: That is crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And like, not that it's necessarily the end goal, but you also wonder like out of those who are going to go home to mom and dad and say, hey, you know, I'd like to try golf again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, our business structure doesn't rely on them playing again. Right. You know, we'd like, we'd certainly like to think and, you know, from our stats, we know because we asked children that 90% of the children that play golf with us will say they want to go and play golf again. Now. What we know as a business is we can't be all things to everybody. We can't do everything. So what we can do and what we can control, we're going to try and do really well and to the best of our ability.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Well, I've stolen a lot from you and a lot of the different things for golf coaching, Neil. But um, one of them is like, you know, what I say and I emphasize, even have this on the back of my business card and on my uh, board at the golf course, it says developing lifelong experiences through golf. And I use that word a lot more when I'm speaking with parents about certain things. And in the summer, we had a summer camp, and uh, a mother came to me and she said, You know, my daughter is in a group because we broke them up into groups of eight. And um, in the other group, she's got a couple of friends, but in her group, she doesn't have any. And I think in the past, I would have just said, like, You know what? Like, we've got to keep the groups eight, eight, and eight because we've got 24 kids. We've got to keep them balanced. We've only got this many coaches. But instead, as I kind of stepped back this time and I and I asked her a question, I said, you know, I want you to think about this. And, and if you have the answer now, great. If you need to think about it, let me know. Is this gonna hinder her experience of golf throughout the week? And if the answer is yes, and you and you and her true believe that it's gonna, you know, change her experience of summer camp, then you know, we can make an adjustment. And she said, okay. Uh, I'll let you know. And so she came back the next day and she said, yeah, I do believe it will, you know, change her positive experience in the summer camp. And I said, great. All right, let's change her to the other group today. And we did that. And everything was, everything was, was good. And that came from the daughter because she did ask the daughter, you know, is it going to be okay? Is this going to, you know, how is this going to affect your experience? Not necessarily just based on like, Hey, I got to hang out with just my buddies and it's all about buddies and this and that, but she felt going out in the golf course, because they were playing on the golf course is going to change that experience. Uh, you know, the practices with the games, the activities, the tasks, she just felt overall that the experience was going to be changed. And so, um, in the past, I, I think I would have handled the situation a little bit differently.
1: And I think there's two really nice parts to that. Number one, you've obviously so if, for the coaches that are listening, you've obviously created an environment where people feel comfortable asking you, mm. which I think is really positive. And I think for the parents at um, listening in, uh, the family members, I think it's also saying, yeah, if your child, you know, talk to the coaches. You know, I think a lot of parent problems, if there is such a thing, come when people don't talk, people don't communicate. Mm. So it's having those conversations. We, we all have, we as the coaches and the adults, parents, we all want the children to have the very, very best experience possible. Mm. So therefore, if we, if we have that open dialogue, so if we're a coach listening in, do you have open dialogue with parents and family members? Do you create an environment where parents can come and ask you anything they feel comfortable do? Yeah, you know, we're involved in certain activities and sports where we don't feel comfortable going and asking. Mm. For a number of reasons that's probably for another podcast um but you, you know and, and the coaches don't talk to us
0: right yeah I, I i agree all right i agree and i think having that uh you know, i think first would be maybe just the demeanor you know having just your impression having a smile on your face as a coach makes you more approachable and um you know i think we don't need to adjust to everybody's recommendations no. right but, you know, in this situation, I said, okay, you know, let's let her go through this day in this situation. And if she comes back and says that it will hinder, okay, let's change it. Because I have had the opposite where I said, hey, let's let them try again today. Let me know if it, it does hinder the experience. And then the child actually says to the parent, you know, I had fun today. Actually, I met some new friends and they stayed, right? And, you know, again, in the past, I think I would have handled it differently, but then just kind of basing it around that, you know, that core value of, how is this affecting their experience? Um, And again, the child's experience coming from the child, I think made a big difference.
1: Yeah. Asking questions and taking nothing as what we think is true.
0: For sure. I agree. That's great. So, yeah. So that was a good learning experience for me as well, going through that. And again, a lot of it's come from you. So I appreciate that. Neil, did you make any mistakes over the last six months within your programming or, you know, whether it's communication with the schools or anything that you've learned and reflected on that, you know, you, you've, you've, you've decided to make some changes on or going to make some changes going forward.
1: That Probably the biggest one this year. And I don't think this is a mistake, but this is probably just a bit of a blind spot from my perspective. I don't think we've actually spoke about this and this might raise more conversation or some thoughts in people but we delivered a session in a school and one of the point one of the parts of the session is I'll ask the group to get into a line one line of girls one line of boys and after I'd done that and it's part of my organization it's my ability to organize them into small groups and then to get them started and get them playing quickly and after that happened one of the um one of the teachers said to me says oh just by the way it's no problem but in that class, that class of 30 children, they would got um, six children that don't identify as either boy or girl, male or female, mm. um, which, OK, I said, I, I suddenly, you know, straight away thought, goodness me, I haven't delivered the inclusive experience I wanted to because I may well have, they may have, may well have felt marginalised or whatever the word might be. So I had this conversation with a teacher. apologise, So listen, if I were to do it again, I would do it differently. And there's lots of different ways that I'd do it. And we had a really open discussion about it. And I realised that after that session, I've got a number of sort of blind spots or a dusty lens that I, I, you know, and I don't, I still don't quite have my head around it. But it's certainly made me think about things in a very, very different way, um, and question and ask. And I've spoke to a number of my friends, a number of people around me. To get some advice and to get some thoughts on it, because we we do it in a certain way that we know works, and we want that way to be as inclusive as f- for everybody. Um, but that threw up a real blind spot for me that mm. I've had to go. I've had to go away and explore. Which you know, I don't think any amount of planning prior to any of those sessions could have, could have helped me.
0: No, it's true. You, I mean, who would be prepared for that unless you've actually been through it? Right. We've had
1: a number of children, you know, these are odd children, one of my odd ones or twos, not many of them, a number of children that have, you know, they, they've identified different gender and, mm. you know, that's fine. Again, the teachers have sort of explained that to me or, or said that when it's been appropriate. But just to have this one class where there was such a such a big proportion of, mm. of, of young people that had um, chosen to identify in a different way or to not identify, um, fascinating Absolutely fascinating. Yes. That's is
0: interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, all you could rely on then would be like, um, you know, you could rely on, I guess, maybe ages, for sure. Or you could yes. just say, hey, we need 20 people here, and 20 yeah. people here, right? Yeah. And, you know, although that may not have been the plan going into it, right? Or what you've done in the past 10 years, maybe those are just some different, alter, you know, alterations, Absolutely. you're gonna to have to make the programming. And again, who would, you know, who would be prepared for that? unless you go through it and it's just part of those things that you know we learn through experience we learn through trial and error we learn through just you know things are changing right the world is changing and we have to sometimes adapt to it and it sounds like you know you've you've gone through that and who would have predicted it right
1: but but i think but again stripping it back for me it continues to drive us what we spoke about a second ago you know it's their experience so what I want to do is I want to make their experience as meaningful as possible. And for me to, even just the language I use, and again, you know, coaches, parents, listening, just picking up on just this, just us analysing and being critical and reflecting and reviewing on the language that we use and how we say things and what we say and when we say them. Um, so important. And I think all of these things probably, you know, for me, when you spoke about this, the learning of the of this last six months, The golf's a very bit part of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It's a very bit part. And, you know, I know that we sit in one space giving children the opportunity to play for the first time. But I don't think my view would change if I was working with tour players and, you know, all the rhetoric around mental health and everything that goes on around the sport. It's just becoming more important. Mm. Not not more important. No, that's wrong. I think we need to make ourselves more aware and more understanding of everybody else's lived experience as well as our own and it it just so happens that we oh here's a golf club we're doing it by sharing some time at the golf course
0: exactly and again going back to what you said like everybody's experience is different like some people get different things out of golf so golf could be that competitive game or it could be that chance to get outside or it could be that chance to spend time with friends and family you know golf again could just be that little bit but they're getting so much more out of it right and there's so many other things that we can be focusing on outside of just the game of golf itself right and Uh, and or again going back to experiences,
1: yeah but and or we present right this is what we are presenting today this is the experience we're presenting now find your own meaning and value and relevance in that experience that we've set up so i've set up quite a if you like quite a Fixed environment, you know our six golf park holes, our expectations around behaviour. And when I say that, and I always review it, it's not it's not like we, we've got a stick, we've got a stick, and we're beating them with it. You know, right. it's we, I'm saying to them, this is what I'm going to do for you. So therefore, I would like you to return the favour of listening, playing safely, playing sensibly, be playing fairly. Um, so it's very strict as far as that's concerned. Now go and have your experience, right. and I am now looking forward. To seeing you have your experience and seeing what comes up because of it.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I, 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 think that's good. And again, you know, sometimes it just takes those little situations to then re-reflect on even those values that you've had and just kind of like bring them back in front of us to realize those things, right? And like they're there, but then it's like again, you know, it's sometimes these situations spark those things, right?
1: And and and, if, and 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 I, I think I rambled on about this on one of my podcasts podcasts early in the year but it just reminds me of this what I've just said there is you know that that title of right parents the thing that you need to say to your children is I love to watch you play Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah and that's um well first isn't it you know for those parents the first question or the first statement you make when you get in the car I love to watch you play and my question often or my question would be to coaches and to parents do you love to watch your children play are you watching your children play or are you running a script in your head of they've not done this very well, they've not mm. done that well, or whatever it might be. So the idea that people say, I love to watch you play, my question is, do they? And, and that might sound really odd, but I think to myself, I think to myself when I watch my children play, there are times where I've loved watching play and there's times where I've caught myself not loving Watching them play for whatever mm. reason. It's, and it's then trying to pick up on that. So, if we as coaches or parents set the environment, let's say strict, whatever, watch the experience and then love watching them play, which I can honestly say that, you know, for the 11,500 children we saw, it's been some challenging moments. There's always going to be challenging moments in the yep. environments we go into. But 99.9% of the time, or probably all of the time, I love watching them play.
0: Well, I think about my own children and. Uh, play for me I think would just be like I think beyond just golf right it's just I enjoy I love watching my children having a good time and seeing them happy and I've realized that like you can only realize this if you're a parent you know just kind of like let's just say you're sitting on the couch and watching them run around with a big smile on their face or you're sitting in a lawn chair or we were at the beach last night sitting there, watch them just kind of roll around in the sand and kind of create their own games and that kind of stuff. Like I catch myself with a smile on my face in those situations. And I think we can do the same for golf. If play is just play and not necessarily just play golf all the time, right. Or play the sport or play whatever it is that they're doing.
1: Yeah. And I think play has to be the heartbeat. And I think if play isn't the heartbeat of the experience, then you're going to see children, children's levels of engagement will will differ and will change And so you don't get that, what I would call tongue out tiger eyes.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point.
1: So I suppose as, as coaches or parents listening, you know, put the question back to people, is play at the heartbeat of the experience that we're offering the children? And if it's not, I suspect enjoyment will wane, engagement will wane. Something won't be quite right.
0: Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It's interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how this is all, this conversation's kind of come off just from that experience that you had that really had nothing to do even with play. Right. But, no. you know, kind of, we, we started kind of going down and down and down and it kind of led to that, which is, you know, it's very interesting. So you're
1: it's just, you, you say about a mistake about a mistake or something. Right. And, it, and it's just, it was, it was, it just opened up a whole new area of thinking that, I was pleased that it happened, not necessarily why it happened, but pleased it happened and what it allowed me to then explore afterwards. And I I suppose I I don't think that would have occurred if I didn't have this once to deliver to each child every time. And it comes back to those values, being values driven.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I would totally agree. Right. And again, I think it just brings them, it kind of illuminates them again, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was thinking about I, I made plenty of mistakes, by the way, over the last six months. You know, I'm I'm I was starting fresh again with coaching, but I think the big one that has kind of stood out to me wasn't necessarily. Well, I guess it, it is a mistake in a sense, but it's one of those things that it's like. And this is a great actionable tip for coaches listening, especially, is listening actually to parents a little bit more in detail. Because if you're running programs, or you've got classes or whatever, what I mean by that is like. Right now, I'm I'm constantly thinking, okay, what am I going to do in the next session of, uh, or the next semester program? How am I going to schedule it? You know, what are these things that's going to make the experience for the, the children and the families that much better? And I've realized that actually just kind of taking a moment to either ask parents some questions and listen to their ideas, that has actually helped me spring forward. And it's like thoughts that I would never would have had. So as simple as with our nine hole challenges, we have a student, a junior golfer who's made it to the furthest division that we can allow at our golf course. Cause we're nine holes, all par threes, right? So 150 yards per hole, he has to play four of the holes in the back nine and he has to play five of the holes in the front nine. So I was like, you know, I don't want his experience to be you know, hindered because now he's going to have to play only five holes with his buddies in the front nine. And then he's got to shoot off to the back nine uh, without his buddies. You know, what can we do until somebody else gets to that division? And so I had a conversation with his mother and she's actually a listener of the podcast. So if she's listening, uh, I'm happy you're listening again to one of our episodes. But she said, you know, actually, my son came up with this idea is instead of like coming at my tea time at three thirty. 30 we'll show up at two we'll play the back nine on our own. And then we'll show up to the first tee. And then we'll play the nine holes in the front nine and only count the scores of the five holes. But he still has that nine hole playing experience with the rest of his buddies. And it's like, you know, this isn't a strict tournament. I'm like, brilliant. I never would have come up with that idea. Right. And that's just one example. And I've had other of these situations where it's like, you know, fortunately in that, in that case, like I talked to them, I had a conversation and they came up with this idea. But I've had others where it's like, gosh, if I had just had that conversation a few weeks ago with with these parents, like it, it could have completely changed everything because they have ideas too. like they see into the program at an angle that a lot of times as a coach, you don't see you're so involved and your head's So down like you, you just don't see it. Right. And um, so my actual tip is ask more questions, get more feedback open your ears because these parents have brilliant ideas and even the junior golfers do too. And I think it, it's just one of those things that we have to do as coaches is be open, be flexible, absorb the information. You don't have to change everything and you don't have to take on every idea, but there is gold within, within these families and having them give you their input from what they see from their angle, which is completely different from yours so beneficial so that's something that i've learned and uh i need to keep working on and i made that mistake because again i had my head down i was like this is the way we're doing it yeah you know
1: yeah yeah that's that's again that's gold that is that's absolutely gold that and i suppose if you if you're the coach listening in be be the coach be the program that that wants people to come and tell and and give them their thoughts because as i said we, we we're involved in a couple of things where we don't feel we can as parents, right? Um, and then, yeah, that's all. It's always good. It's never. I, I can't feel it's ever going to end well,
0: <laughs> right? For
1: anybody, for for anybody involved,
0: for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: But it's it's that it's that you know we've talked a lot in the past, haven't we, about the, the sort of the business element of it, and you know the crossover between the business and the people side is just caring, yeah. You know, we just care, you know, and we do that in lots and lots of different ways, but we just care.
0: For sure. Absolutely. Nice. That's
1: really nice. I love that example. That that idea of going out on his own and then coming back around is just
0: like, so yeah.
1: you, can't, you, you couldn't have thought that. could
0: you? Never would have. Yeah, never would have. I would have ruined his experience. And they, you know, at least that's the way I felt. And I was just like, Seriously, I was thinking about for nights, and I'm just like, "What am I gonna do?" You know, just so worried about this. And then I, I, I I gave his mom a call, and and uh, a couple hours later, she said we spoke to my son, and this is the idea he came up with. What do you think? I'm like, amazing, absolutely amazing. You know, I was just to me, it was just like this huge relief, and it was just one of those idea realizations. It's like, you know, I got to keep the communication line open. I've got to do more of that, and um, so that's the plan I have going forward.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Good job.
0: Thanks. Well, I thank them really, you know, so, uh, Neil, I'm curious with you though, you know, what is the goal for all of these children that you're working with, you know, or what is your goal for them? After they've had an experience with you or, you know, whether it's short term or long term, what are you trying to do with, you know, these 11,000 students, you've got a big goal to touch, get a golf club in hands with everybody in the UK, don't yeah. you? And there's a lot of children. And sixteen
1: and a half million primary school children.
0: All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with you and let me know and you're gonna let me know how how we're chipping away at that goal. What is the goal though for these children? Like what are you trying to get out of out of golf or the experience or you know, what is it?
1: So so from a from a if you like from a business perspective, they have the opportunity. They all have the opportunity to join our Golf Club. So our Golf Club is a virtual environment that children and families can join that will then point them in the direction of further opportunities. So again, that's still new as a, as, a, as, a, as a business and we're looking then to reach out to golf clubs in, in our area, the sort of southeast of England, that would consider themselves to be family friendly, that can mm. sort of deliver family friendly experiences. Um, I don't think some of the children that start in our schools will come to Carlsbad. They may, now the flights <laughs> are open, but who knows. Um, so that's one track. That's one avenue where if children say they enjoy it. We also have uh, a number of leader, sports leader and teacher training courses that we offer the school. So we know that we can't be everywhere. We can't be all things to everybody. So we will, alongside our play days, we will deliver training to sports leaders. So sports leaders are generally the 9, 10, 11 year olds within the school. And they will then deliver golf in, in the school, which works really well. It's a very sustainable way of it working forwards and we will also train teachers so teachers might deliver within after school breakfast clubs pe that goes on in school so again another way that more golf can happen during that school environment um but ultimately all that said those they're things that we've got control over i want children to go home and i want them to say we give them a sticker as well so they they have the sticker it says today i played golf. i want them to go I had to play golf today. I quite like that. I'd like to do it again. And that's it. Hmm. That's it. I want them to have had such an experience that they go, I liked it. I'd like to again." And or if we go back the next term or the next year, which we do, I went to a school on last Wednesday, um, which was our fifth visit to the school. The school like our work. They like the day. We go. And I, I spoke to a number of the teachers and I said, this is fifth time in. Should we have done it? I didn't do anything different, should we? And they said, no, the children love doing this, all of them. They're so excited about it. Um, That's cool. And so when I hear things like that, I think we're good. We're doing what we can. We're creating ripples. You know, we're throwing little pebbles in. We're creating ripples. So if you like, we've thrown 11,500 small pebbles into the golfing pond and we've created a bit of a ripple.
0: That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Um,
1: you know, and if a child uh, five five years old in five years time, they suddenly pick up a golf club again. Oh, I remember doing this at school. Yes, I had a pos- I had a I had a positive, meaningful experience. So therefore, when I come back and do golf again, I like it.
0: That's cool. We, we, I
1: don't think we can do any. I say I don't think we can do any more. We can always do more. But I think we're doing We're doing okay.
0: That's cool. Well, and you don't even know too like. You know, what you're doing, uh, I think, is, you know, providing children an opportunity also just to open their minds and into new opportunities themselves. So, for example, it might be their first time having a golf experience and then they have this realization. It's like, well, why not try something else as well? Like, why not have an yeah. experience playing cricket? Or, hey, why not, you know, go surfing? Or why not try, yeah. you know, another you know sport or try another challenge because they've realized that actually trying new things isn't so scary right and unfortunately you may not be able to track that and know that but i think what you are doing though is there certainly must be a percentage of children that have that realization that trying new things isn't so scary trying new things is cool trying new things can be fun and who knows what that can you know take them in the future
1: but i, but I think one of the most important things we realized and i don't know when this was but we, we realized as a, as a business, we can't be all things to all people. Mm. Now, again, I think as golf coaches or maybe even, you know, as a parent sitting here, we try and be everything to everybody. And I think by doing that, it then waters down what we can offer, whether mm. it be not be as good or we don't put as much effort or enthusiasm into it. Whereas what we know we can do really well is provide children with a very – a meaningful first experience. So mm. if they've not played it before, you know, put a club in hand, we know, I mean, you know, we've got the stats to back it up that 95% of the children enjoy that experience.
0: Right. That's now, cool.
1: You know, 95, 95% of, I think it's probably something like 8,000 children who filled in one of our forms. You know, so, so again, it's a, it's a reasonably robust number. um But that said, it's then. For us, it's them piecing together why they've enjoyed that experience. Again, probably for another day. Um, uh, uh, maybe not for another day. Well,
0: I was going to say in 5%, the 5% that aren't enjoying it, who knows, it, it could have been, like you said before, maybe they had a bad morning. Maybe they had a, an argument with their brother or sister that day. Maybe they didn't eat breakfast, right? There could have been a lot of things, again, out of your hand. You've taught me this, Neil. I'm going to say it right back, that, that you know, that 5%, a lot of it's not even just about you. It's not even about Joff, right? It's not even about anything that you were doing. It could have just been about them.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Right? And and I think but I think what's interesting there is I'd love to be able to sit down. We don't do this because of, for, for a number of logistical reasons, I'd love to be able to sit down and say, you know, just, just tell me, what, why, why did you not enjoy it? And again, they might not be able to put it into words, but I think like we said before we started the podcast is that we've only got control over a certain amount of things. Um, and the things that we have got control over we can do to the best of our abilities
0: for sure. Yeah. Well, so that being said though, you know, and I'm, I'm really curious about this. This is something I'm going to, I I need to implement somewhere. Somehow you have these cool feedback forms. Give us some of the feedback that you've gotten from the children, from the experiences you've had. You post some of these on your social media. They make me, you know, either uh, laugh out loud or, you know, they make me kind of have this warm feeling inside about just their positive feedback and experience they've had. But yeah, let's hear some of the feedback. Or you know, what, what questions are you asking, I guess, and then let's hear the feedback that you get from some of the from some of the children. So,
1: so again, just just to give some context, we we have what's called a pupil voice form. So we we ask because we then provide the school with an impact form. Um, I suppose the point being here is asking for. Feedback or asking, did you enjoy it without any agenda? So we don't, we're not involved, we just give the form and the teacher does it. So things like so the question is: what did you enjoy about playing golf? When we worked together to earn the golden ball, hitting the ball with the bat, having fun with my friends and improving my score. It was tricky, fun, and enjoyable. Getting the ball into the hole, that it was a bit like crazy golf. Um When I had to not get it in the obstacles, some children have said things like that there wasn't a goalkeeper. (laughs) Again, you can't make that up. No. Um, Helping others and seeing them improve. One thing that cropped up regularly this year was being outside. They Mm. enjoyed being outside. So since COVID March two thousand and whatever it was, um, you know, there's lots of things within primary school settings where children have been in bubbles they've been in their own class they probably Mm -hmm. haven't been outside as much playtime's been restricted because of crossovers and and it kept coming up over and over again through the summer that children enjoyed being outside Mm -hmm. and and i think it comes back to what you said earlier on about that i think the, the 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 guy that's coming onto your podcast um soon is that the stuff that we think is important, the birdies, the gripping it correctly, the standing in the right place, the hitting it far, hitting it straight. That might not be the important stuff for children. And I think just by asking, what did you enjoy about playing golf today? What did you enjoy about hole one? What did you enjoy about seeing Travis during his session? You know, they're quite open-ended questions that you then get probably quite an honest answer. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting an honest answer, you then got to think about well, why am I not getting an honest answer? Mm-hmm. Um, so those things crop up time and time again. And there's, there's a lot of children that will say, oh, I hated Jolf, but I like the coach. Or, you know, there's nothing I liked about it. They like, say, well, you know, you can't win them
0: all. I've got a question for you then. This is off the beat of what we're on. It made me think of something though, based on what you just said there. This might be a title of another podcast episode, now that I'm thinking about it, right? But I hear this sometimes and because I'll, you know, I'll get some questions from from parents and, you know, kind of a feedback I'll get sometimes is people enjoy what they are good at and people enjoy improving. And if they're not improving, then they're not enjoying themselves. And if they're not getting better, then they're not enjoying themselves. Right. And I guess I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that comment because I hear that and you know part of it I feel like maybe it could be true but then I also feel like I don't know if there's been enough questions asked to children if that's actually true or not but anyways <laughs> Neil what are your thoughts on that because I've got, I've got a thought yeah let's hear it yeah.
1: so, so I'm going to flip it around so um, a, a, a statement that I get and this is generally generalised it with um year six so 10 11 year old girls who say oh i'm rubbish at golf that's what they'll often tell me i'm rubbish at golf oh that's really interesting i said um you enjoy it yeah 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 love it love it love it and so i'll often spin it around and say to them you do know that you can be rubbish at it and enjoy it at the same time and they often then go to me can i it's like having permission. We've given them permission to be rubbish at it and enjoy it. Mm. And what, what I've realized, having spoken, you know, thought about it and spoken to teachers is that we, we tend to attach people's self-worth or self-esteem to getting better and working hard and resilience and keeping trying and keeping trying. But, but actually golf is a sport, which, and you know, we all know this because it's hard and it's complex and there's a lot to do. Being rubbish at it is fine. And it's something that I've questioned. Society doesn't necessarily allow us to be rubbish at things. Mm. Society is always telling us, right, we've got to improve, we've got to get better. And if we're not getting better, then we can't enjoy it. Mm. And that's something which crops up, for, for, in my experience, crops up again and again and again. And mm. often with these 10, 11 year old girls, um, just giving them permission to say, you are allowed to be rubbish and and enjoy it at the same time. So oh, the relief that they have is fascinating. So I'd just probably flip around what you said and, and and maybe, you know, being rubbish at golf is okay. And think about it. I don't know. Let's say we've got 100 children coming to our sessions. It's very likely that 99% of them will be rubbish because, you know, they might not never get less than an 18 handicap. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it brings into question then the point of the program, the point of the experience, <clears throat> why are we there? Are we there to create Elite golfers? It opens up a whole new you know, box of um, conversation, I think.
0: Yeah, I, well, it does, because now I've got another follow-up for you.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Are you ready for this one? So then you know, what do you do as a parent who's out playing alongside your junior golfer on the golf course and the junior golfer is getting frustrated, whether it's because they're not hitting the ball well or they're not scoring well. And again, then the parent comes back and says, well, you know, they're all going to, they're going to enjoy it better if they're, you know, better at golf. Um, you know, how did that even come about? Why is the junior golfer frustrated? And, um, you know, what can we do as adults in that situation to help out with the junior?
1: I think I think one of the first options we can do is do nothing. And I think sometimes that's an option which people don't ever consider. Mm. Bad day at the office. Let's call it you know, the term. Bad day at the office. Let's go to bed. Let's wake up and let's see what tomorrow brings. And I wonder if sometimes that's the most sensible option to do nothing. Because I think in that high, in that high emotional state, let's say, that that child might be in, they're not going to necessarily listen. They're not going to take anything in you know you, you're pouring petrol on fire yeah and so maybe it's worth waiting for the fire to extinguish itself which it mm. does you know children they're, they're fine you know their their ability to get themselves you know what's that what's that toy that comes down and comes back up again um
0: oh i know what you're talking about it's to, got the weight at the bottom it's really heavy yeah. and then like it it yeah i don't know if it's so popular anymore that might be dating ourselves but i do remember oh, that sorry thing. sorry, yeah. sorry.
1: <laughs> Children's ability to write as write themselves is innate, mm. and I, and I, and I often wonder whether in that scenario, the adult intervention does more harm than good. Mm. So I'd imagine there's lots of different things, and there might be people that are far more intelligent than I am, um, who would give you a high answer. But I wonder if our first point of call is to do nothing, say nothing, mm. just just be there. You okay? So for me, it would be. You're right. Yeah, I'm okay. Do you want? Do you want to talk about it? No. Okay, it's fine. Let's leave it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a bit good like, advice.
1: a bit a bit like. I mean, my my comparison, my own personal experience this year. My son played county cricket, under eleven county cricket first match, um, third ball, bowled out, came off. You know, he was in pieces.
0: Wait, can you, you gotta, got like, You have to translate that for us non cricket players. Cricket,
1: cricket. What would that be? That would be a. Well, to, Is that like talk, a strikeout in baseball. Yeah. Is that like a strikeout? Let's say strikeout. Okay. First ball. Okay. So he's playing for his playing for our area. Strikeout first ball, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, came off. You know, really gutted. Really gutted. Mm. Really upset with himself. Went over. So uh, you know, do you want me to sit with you? No, I'm okay. Okay, fine. Went back. Went back. Just to, mm. just to see if he's okay. Was I it like the time then to question. say? Was it the time to say? bringing your example was it the time to say well you weren't covering your stumps you weren't doing no so in that instance my my want was to comfort him because he's my son more so than well you know i know a little bit about cricket but so it's there and you know is that adult qualified to be able to say anything what are they saying is it going to help it's a really interesting question that I've never really pondered it over like that. But I think maybe my advice to parents would be instinctively do nothing. Because if, if what you're going to do isn't going to help, then you ain't not going to help.
0: Yeah. And I think then the second thing would be probably what you said. I, I liked your advice is, would you like to talk about it? And if the answer is no, stepping back, right? And I'm guilty of this because I talk about it sometimes when I see emotional states. And maybe I don't want to talk about it.
1: Well, we what we did, I said to him, I said to him, I said, well, if 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 you do want to talk about great, the best person to probably go and talk to is Kev, who's one of his coaches at the club. Now, <laughs> I think when he did get back to see Kev that next weekend, he probably forgot about it because there was a million things happened between the time he did it. Right. So what feels like a big thing at the time, a poor score, a poor shot, two days later, is it such a big thing? No, it's probably only such a big thing if maybe the adult has blown it up into a bigger thing than it need to be. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm thinking about this. I've got a um, a girl in my programming right now and she's desperate to pass her current division and shoot 36. And her parents are so supportive and, um, you know, I know they have some, you know, when the conversation is right, they or time to have the conversation, they have some great conversations with her. And, you know, she hasn't been able to achieve this, this goal. And I've had my conversations with her about it at practices when her, you know, her emotions are, you know, she's happy and in spirits. Uh, her dad even asked her, said, you know, why do you like to play golf? And she said, I just like to be, I like to be out there with my friends. That's a, like her number one thing, right? But kind of backing up with what you said about, you know, them even forgetting about things or whatever it may be. She went on for a couple weeks where after each time she didn't shoot her goal of 36, she was quite upset, emotional about the situation, which I think is normal. And then in the last few weeks she's come out and she hasn't shot uh, the score of 36. She's improved, but after the rounds, she's, you know, for whatever reason, she's not as upset about the situation anymore. And maybe she has come to realize what it is that she actually enjoys about it. But then on top of that, it's like they, you know, she hasn't given up. I see her out there practicing more. I see her out going and playing with her dad more. And, you know, I think maybe she's come to terms and realized that, you know, it isn't all about the score and maybe going back to what she even said, why she likes golf is to be out there with her friends. And she's kind of taken that now at the forefront and like maybe starting to join it. Now My guess is, and the next couple of weeks, months, whatever, she's going to shoot 36 without even knowing it's coming, you know? Yeah. And just because like, you know, she's reframed her mindset and, um, you know, she's gone through those emotional things. And then again, she's even forgotten probably the fact that she was upset about it in the past. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think shooting 36 from one division is different to shooting 36 from a different division. For sure. And so you know it's like well you can't shoot 36 at that division yet because you don't yet have this you might not yet have the skills but yeah. i know that you're on the track i was just thinking aloud. i was just thinking as you did that i wonder is this ever done this might be a question is it ever done that you would take them to a higher division to play a longer golf course and then come back and then it's easier
0: i've never done it within the programming my guess, though, is because I see a lot of the, the the children out there with their families, and a lot of times that they'll play just like from the regulation tees, yeah. And if they're keeping score, they'll probably have a realization and is like, "Well, geez, you know, last week in the nine hole event, I was upset and I shot 42. Today, I went out with mom and dad to play with the regulation tees and shot 65. You know, and then you know maybe that's uh, that happens. But no, it's nothing I've done. But that's it's a good point.
1: I'd be interested to, I know we digress here and this might not be the point, but I'd be interested to set up the OP 36 course and then say to, the, flip it round, and then say to the children, right, start on the T's where you know you can score 36.
0: Right. Yeah. And then just have them, have them go for it, right? You know?
1: No, that's not the point of it, but I was just, I was just thinking aloud as, as you said that.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's a good point. A hundred percent. It's for you
1: guys. I'm sure the guys will have, uh, Matt and Ryan will have some thoughts on that. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll have done that.
0: Well, what makes me think about, uh, you know, them as well is they just posted uh, on their Instagram stories, there was a, a child who was at Division 2 from 50 yards. And he just passed. And he just passed after his 22nd attempt. Okay. And so, you know, going back to parent expectations and also junior golfer's expectations... It's not expected to happen right away. And there must have been something else besides just golf itself and score itself that this, this child enjoys about the game. And I'm sure he did have his emotional ups and downs along the way, but he didn't give up. And there's something about golf that kept him there that allowed him to try 22 times. And then he shot 36 after 22 times. And I think that's normal. I mean, I tell people when I try to break 80, I shot 80 or 81 on the number five times in a row. Right. And I could have just walked away from the sport and said, you know, what? I'm just never going to shoot in the seventies, but I didn't give up. And I just kept, you know, I kept, kept going. And I loved the game that much that it allowed yeah. me to keep coming back time and time again. So, you know, every child's experience is different. There's, it's not all about the score, is it? But you know, if they can, if we can help them realize what it is about the game itself that they're enjoying and keep that at the forefront and the positive, I think it will um, help them enjoy the game a lot longer
1: yeah and 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 from the feedback from the pupil voice forms we've had, children will children do and I, and I haven't delved as deep into it as I want to, but children will talk about score, but they'll often just talk about their own score mm. very very rarely do they talk about their score in relation to somebody else's mm. mm-hmm. and i think I think when that occurs, I think that often is a it's an adult adult intervention somewhere that's caused that to be a, an opinion, yeah
0: most likely, yes, yeah, most likely. I mean, that's yeah, the beauty but, of the Operation 36 program, too, is they realize quickly it's them versus the course, right? So you never yeah. – I, I rarely – actually, I don't even know if I have once heard a comparison on some one child to another, especially if they're in different divisions. They already know it's, like, completely different, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point you bring up, you know?
1: Yeah. Sorry. As, as ever, these conversations always rattle around because it gets me thinking it's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, same here, you know? Same thing, same thing here, you know? And, I, I, again, today, th- this episode was kind of just do a little bit of a rewind – and have us share some of the things that we've been going through as coaches over the last six months, but then also like different things to talk about on how to help, whether it's coaches or parents involved in the junior golfers, just based on our own experiences that we've had and things that we've seen. And, you know, certainly for me too, mistakes that I've made and, you know, you helped just me change the first question I even ask when I see these emotional situations happen. And, um, yeah. I think it's, yeah. a, I, mean, if, I should have talked to you if, last if, week. I just did an episode. <laughs> the one that, the episode that just came out this last week was, you know, talking about defeat and refilling yes. up the junior golfer's fuel tank. So yep. I could have used you, Neil, a week ago. Always, always. Yeah. I'm
1: always here. Um, but even just that question of, you know, how you getting
0: on? Yeah.
1: How you getting on? I'm okay. Good. Okay. Yeah, fine. Because you, you know, you know the way people answer that, you know, whether they want to talk anymore or not. 100%.
0: It's a great, great question. I, I don't ask that enough. Like for sure. I do not Cause, ask cause, that I, enough.
1: Because I think often it would be, are you having fun? Are you enjoying yourself? Which again, it's a yes or no answer. And a child will always say yes to an adult because mm. I better say yes, because this adult will think less of me. If I don't say yes. Um, whereas hey, getting on what's happening? It's just like, just talk to me. I, I want to I want you I want, I want you to talk to me and tell me what's happening.
0: I think that's a great tip for any adult whether you're a coach or a parent, like anybody, I think it's huge. And um, I'm going to start doing that immediately putting put it into effect.
1: Well, like I say, I think there's certain things that have come out for us because of the fact we see so many children in such a short period of time. And so we've, because we see so many children in such a short period of time, and what we've learned is we've got to be able to engage and connect with them very, very quickly. Um, so you know you go you'll have more you will have more time to engage and connect with each individual. Whereas there's little sort of they're not tips and hints they're just strategies that we come up with that allows us to, to, for them to know that I really care. Mm. You know, so even if it's just a simple thumbs up, thumbs up, and I wait for them to give me thumbs up back, and then it's a big smile. Just a, just a simple thing like that. For me, what I realize is that that child knows that I care about the experience they're having. And we've then connected to go, yeah, Keswick, great, right. you're doing good. Carry on.
0: I like, yeah, I like that. I, I got a good tip too from, uh, geez, I apologize. I can't remember which guest it was on the podcast, but advice they had was is like, if you're the adult, or let's just say even the coach, I think specifically, is, and I've started saying, telling this to my Operation 36 players, and they go on the golf course and said, hey, if you see me come out on the golf course, I'm out there just to enjoy watching you play the game. I'm not out there talking about your game. I'm not out there talking to your parents about your game or your performance or what you've been doing. I'm out there just to have a good time myself, just to watch you play. And that is it. I'm not looking at your swing. I'm not critiquing anything. And I've actually started saying this to my ladies in the program as well. And now I notice when I go watch them, they're like they're way more relaxed in the past and say, oh, Travis, and you showed up. I started screwing up, you know, because they're probably thinking, oh, geez, well, here comes coach. And, you know, he's watching with a with a close eye. Am I doing what he did in the class last week or whatever? And I mean, I, and I told him this in the classes. I said, when I play with my buddies or if I play with like just get paired up with random people, I don't look at anybody's golf swing. Like, no. I'm focused on my own game anyways when I'm out there playing. I, I, I'm i not looking at anybody's swing, you know. I
1: always say to people that, you know, if you really want that information, you're going to have to pay me for it. So, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> not really.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but that's been really helpful is, so now when I think when I come out, like, I see a lot more smiles on faces and stuff. And it's not as much as, like, you know, the junior golfer. You can see this because we have video, but the junior golfer hits a shot or a bad shot and then they quickly look at you. Like, yeah. they'll either look at the parent or when I show up, then it's like, look at coach. And I see a lot less of that now, you know, since I've been telling them that. And I think that's another good thing just to advise and say up front because it is true. I'm not out there critiquing them. Like I'm just coming out to see, you know, how's everybody getting on? You know, is everybody having a good time? Are they having fun? That's it. Can I take a couple? I want to take a couple pictures like that. You know, that's what I'm out there for. You know, I can't see from 50 yards away. Are they lined up right? Are they going through their pre-shot routine and all this stuff like that? Whatever it might be that they think I might be looking at i'm not at all like you know and it's I put them at ease it's been good
1: yeah and that that takes an honest, honesty from oneself and it loops back to what we what you said earlier on around providing the opportunity to have the best experience
0: mm. for all sure those
1: things are sort of wrapped together which make it really nice really really nice because you know the golf bit of it is easy the golf bit of it of putting the club in a desirable place, moving it around your body in a desirable way, sending the ball off in a desirable direction and like, I mean, that's the easy bit, really. You know, there's there's so much said and done about that sort of stuff, but not enough said and done about the the stuff you can't see. Totally. So, So I suppose, you know, maybe our focus as adults who want to try and help children have the best experience is trying to get our heads around what we can't see and what we can't monitor and what we can't put on a scorecard and what we can't video.
0: Yep. That goes back to our episode, partially on the environment in the community. A lot of those things you can't even see, like, yeah. and it adds so much value to the experience, which, yeah. um, I think you're 100% right. So, Neil, this conversation was supposed to be 30 minutes long. We are <laughs> just about, hang on. Yeah. We are just about to hit the one hour mark here. Um, you know, before I let you go and, you know, I want to thank you again for coming and joining on the, the podcast and the episode. And, and, you know, I always enjoy the directions that these conversations go. And I think everybody gets a lot of value out of these conversations with you, including myself. Um, where can people find more about you, your programming and then your podcast, which is also great. And um, yeah, what would be the best way for people to connect with you?
1: jolf.golf is our website so if you punch in jolf.golf and the same with all social media um so i suppose try and post as much as i can about what we're doing and where we're at um the jolf man podcast which you've been a guest on and we've shared thoughts and we'll get you back on we'll have
0: a nice
1: podcast chat um but often it's just my rambling someone rang me up this morning around the, the, the podcast and said why do you do it and i said just just get some of this stuff out of my head and, and and as soon as it's out it's then there to be thought about it's there to be discussed now if one person listens if 10 people listen if a thousand people listen i'm not too fussed really you know I'm, I'm trying to figure this out for myself and we're all just trying to figure things out aren't we um so it's never never going to be a case of this is the right way the correct way the only way it's like well this is this is a way today which will maybe be a different way tomorrow um, or a different way in, in the, on the next shot um, so yeah so if people want to find me and get in touch they uh, like can email me at Neil Neil atjolf.com
0: Nice. that's perfect Yeah, is awesome I really appreciate you coming back on and we're gonna have you on again here shortly we've got uh, another topic or two and I'm sure that'll lead to three four and five different topics to have you back on to the podcast and you know, the feedback I always get after you come on and we release the episodes always so positive And you know, everybody takes so much away from your experience that you've had as a golf coach and a parent. And, uh, it's just been so valuable. So really appreciate you joining again, Neil, and look forward to having you back on soon. Thanks so much, bud.
1: Thanks Travis.
0: Thanks guys.